This is the 508 Podcast, a podcast where we're crazy passionate about helping you navigate and excel into your 20s and beyond. Every month, we'll bring you candid conversations from the 508 leadership team about hot topics for those who are striving for growth. Let's listen in for this week's podcast episode. Hey, what up, 508 family? It's your boy, Bald and Beautiful, aka Michael Turpak, coming to you live for another edition of the 508 Podcast. But... I didn't come alone. As always, I do have my good friends in the studio with me. I have Pastor Devin Fry, the youth and young adult leader at the 508 here in New what England. Up, what up, Dev? What up, brother? It's good to have you back on the podcast, by the way. Uh, we definitely missed Mr. Bald and Beautiful, Pitbull, Mr. 305. We missed you very, very much. Okay. Okay. I'm re- I am ready to be back. And we also have, you know, I'm going to go, I'm going to go Rue, the eye roller. Neronia, <laughs> how are you doing? Well, I must have done something right. You guys had me back, so good to be yes. here. Yeah, yep. and if you guys didn't see the last podcast, you know, I think 38% of the time that Justin was speaking, she was rolling her eyes. And so without further ado, let me introduce my good friend, the doctor, who is never going to actually be a doctor, Davis. How are you feeling, my brother? I, uh, I rebuke that, Mike. Right. I am definitely going to be a doctor at some point in my life. Well, I, I was, might not you know, I was saying more the physician. You know what I mean? Okay. I don't, I don't okay. know that okay. you're gonna, okay. you're gonna be a physician. Okay. No, I will have, I will have that MD after my name. No, PhD. PhD. I don't want to go back to school for eight years, but Bro, it is good I, having you back, Mike. Uh, we see that the hair plugs did not stay though. They didn't. They didn't. They didn't. But I they you didn't. What, I'm getting a tanned, bald head right now, and I feel freaking phenomenal about it, okay? <laughs> Dude, I miss, I miss Justin's intro of Dr. Davis. That's my, <laughs> favorite, that's my favorite intro that you ever do. The doctor. All right, so how are y'all feeling? For, for the podcast listeners, right now we're in the middle of the pandemic. It's been an insane few months. So how have you guys been doing with that? I'm excited about today's episode, but I wanted to touch base with you and see how you guys are feeling. I'm feeling good. Um, you know, we definitely went through a little bit of a mental breakdown. I felt like I'm just like, dude, I need to see humanity, touch humanity, be around my friends. Um, but making the most out of it, I'm actually really excited about this podcast episode because we're going to talk uh, a little bit about, you know, disappointment and working through that kind of stuff. So um, I'm really, uh, really excited about the subject today, but I'm making it and uh, making the most of it. Rue, I saw that you did your hair for this podcast, so praise the living lamb. I did. It's probably the first time in a couple weeks, but um, if you guys don't know, I live with Day, so she's my roommate. We've just been trying to get creative. Like, we cook all our meals, and we do stuff that we normally wouldn't. Uh, We make the effort to go outside because I would go crazy if I was stuck in here all day, Um, but it's been been okay. I actually picked up running, okay? Pastor Devin knows this because he keeps me sort of accountable in his own way. Um, but I'm attempting to be able to run a 5K, which isn't much, but it's much for me because I'm not a huge runner. But it's been like two weeks now and I'm doing pretty solid. Dang, girl. Yep. We see you. And so I just, I just pretend something's running after me and I just go. <laughs> okay, praise God. So if anybody <laughs> some weird motivation, but okay. Yo, if, if anybody wants running advice, go to Rue and just pretend that somebody's chasing you. 
and then and then Justin, you know, I know that you know you wake up every morning two thirty in the morning, and then you pretend somebody's chasing you too. So what? <laughs> earlier and earlier every podcast. Yes. Yeah. And I saw that eye roll, Rue. If anyone wants to know how she got her nickname, just go back about five seconds. Yes. It's a massive eye roll, too. It's not like a, it's not a mini eye roll that you wouldn't be able to like see. It's massive. So praise God. But uh, uh, me, um, go ahead. Go ahead, Jess. Oh, I was just, you know, going to say how I was doing because you never asked, but it's okay. Oh. We can just, we can just move on. Well, you know, on, Mike. you know, here's the thing. I am interested. And I think that the listeners are interested too. Okay. So you talk, <laughs> you talk a lot about my hair plugs. Okay. I did my hair for this podcast too, just in case you guys are wondering. So Justin, <laughs> it does look tell fresh. Me, tell me how you do it. Is it the, is it the nair? Is that what makes it so oh, smooth? Oh, dude. Here's the thing, bro. I've been, I've been looking into, here's the funny thing. You know, I'm going to go a little off track here. Um, you know, Instagram, you know, have you guys ever gone through the stories? On the stories, you'll see like a couple ads that pop up and you're like, great. Like, you know, somebody's thinking about me. You know what I mean? Somebody cares about Michael Turpat. I'm like, wow, like, this is great. Like people like me, people enjoy, et cetera. And I'm like, but here's my issue though. Every other ad has to do with growing your hair if you're bald. <laughs> so I'm like, <laughs> I have an issue with that because <laughs> I'm like, one, how do they even know that I'm bald? Like, really? I don't go on those sites. I know Justin sends me those sites, but I don't, fi- I don't, <laughs> I don't physically go on those sites. I'm like, man, how do I get my hair back? I'm 26. And you know what I love, though? I love that, th- <laughs> I love that this podcast is about discouragement because I'm 26 <laughs> and I've lost all my hair. <laughs> That was the most brilliant segue I think I've ever heard in preaching history. Fantastic job. So, so what I love is now you guys get to see the biggest place of my discouragement and now we're going to walk through it. Okay. Okay. So praise God. Let me, uh, let me reel this thing back in before we, before we hop into the podcast. I have two very important shout outs I want to give. And so for the first one, and this is, this is an honor segment, part of our ministry, one of our values is honor, right? And so honoring people, loving people, valuing people. So I love Victoria. She said, she, she DM'd me on right next to one of the ads. I saw the, uh, I saw the DM right next to the bald ad. I saw the DM and it said, she said, Hey, Michael, um, I just wanted to let you know that the five weight podcast that you do with Devin and Justin, I listened to the episode on mentorship. And even though I'm not in my 20s, going to be 18 in less than a month, she said, I still got and gained a lot of knowledge from the podcast. I knew I needed a mentor, but at the same time, I was afraid to find one. And how many people out there are feeling like that, like afraid to like engage or find, find somebody to be their mentor? And then she said, and thought it would be pointless because I'm leaving for college by the end of the summer. But then she said, the podcast really opened my mind and eyes that I can't go through life alone. How good is that? I can't go through life alone. She said, I wanted to thank you and thank Devin and Justin for sharing your wisdom to others. God bless you guys and God bless what what you guys are doing on the podcast. It's all about our day, man. I thought that was super cool. I thought that was real cool. And let me- Victoria, um, thank you. Thank you so much for that feedback. Listen, we do this, um, not just to talk, we do this to help our community and help our people. So. Uh, thank you so much for that feedback. And then for all of our friends and family, like 
y'all, we need to hear from you. We want to hear, like, what are some of the subjects you want us to talk through? Um, what are some things that you're wrestling with right now? And then, you know, DM us. Send us some, uh, some questions. And uh, we want to provide study, research, biblical counsel uh, to really help you with your problems. So, Victoria, thank you so much for that feedback. Yes, and I have one more. So, Ian, Ian is one of the leaders within um, our high school ministry. And so he, he, he contacted actually our executive director of this podcast. And he said, it was awesome content and it was making a huge difference in the life of our teenagers who are dying to do relationships well. And I thought that was so good. I thought it was great to just to know that we're not, we're not only impacting maybe people in their twenties. I love how the first person, the first one that we shared was actually somebody who's 18 years old. And she was like, I needed to hear that. I needed to hear that language. I needed to hear that I don't have to do life alone, that I can, I can find a mentor, that I could, I could continue to move through life. So I thought that that was great. But um, let, let us hop into today's content. Dev, I wanted, to, I wanted to start with you. I'd love for you to share a little bit. But, but the, the episode today is on dealing with discouragement, dealing with discouragement. So Dev, you can kick us off. So... We started talking about this as a team because I think this season and then life has tons of discouraging things and disappointing things that come with it. Um, you know, I was just having a conversation with somebody that's not going to graduate the way they thought they were going to graduate. Um, you know, they're not going to walk all their hard work and effort. And now it's kind of, it, it's not going to be celebrated. Not that it's going to be all for naught, but it's not going to be celebrated and they're not going to be honored properly. And I think there's a lot of people in the season right now that are going through that specific discouragement and disappointment. Um, and I think there's so many different things throughout life where, I don't know whether we express it and we say it or we just keep it in. But I think there are a lot of people that silently suffer from disappointment and from discouragement. So Scripture has a lot to say on this. We're going to highlight one particular text that I think is so powerful and want to make kind of a declaration. So I'm going to read 2 Corinthians 4. I'm going to read it here on my phone. 2 Corinthians 4, 1 through 2, the message paraphrase. I love how it says it. It says it like this. Since God has so generously let us in on what he is doing, we're not about to throw up our hands and walk off the job just because we run into occasional hard times. It goes on to say, we refuse to wear masks and we refuse to play games. I'll read it one more time because I think it's so powerful, this particular phrase. We're not about to throw up our hands and walk off the job just because we run into occasional hard times. Hard times are coming. Uh, there's no doubt about that. Uh, you're going to face some difficulties. You're going to face some challenges. And uh, I think you got to know and got to brace for the fact that you're going to experience disappointments in your life. That being said, just because you face disappointments, doesn't mean that you should give up or you should quit. And so I know this season right now, I know uh, life a lot of times can be extremely disappointing. And so we want to give you some handles, but we want to first share our stories on, you know, some of the discouraging things that we've been through. Just so you know, like, yo, this is, this is not just a teaching so that we can give you, okay, here's, here's the solution. But yo, we feel this very same thing. So anybody want to share maybe a little bit of their disappointments or discouragements that you've been through? Um, <clears throat> so I know that the goal of this podcast is, is to help people navigate their twenties. Um, and, um, for those of you younger listeners, you are going to run into a lot of career disappointment. Um, you know, there's going to be disappointment throughout your entire life. Um, it's not just the season we're in now. It's just, it's just going to happen. 
And in multiple different things, you're going to have um, disappointment in your relationships, in your career, in your marriage. Um, it just happens. Um, but specifically, I'd like to talk about career um, because it's, it's so important to me. Um, and growing up, <clears throat> I always had this, um, this desire um, to join the FBI. Uh, that's what I thought I was called to do. Um, I thought it was what what my calling was to Massachusetts. I thought it was going to be the way that I actually get here, um, because at the time I lived in Columbus, um, and I was going through the entire recruitment process. Um, long process, very arduous and tedious. Uh, it took me about a year and a half. Um, tons of training, tons of studying. Uh, in multiple interviews, some of the most challenging, uh, stressful, uh, and nerve-wracking experiences of my life. Um, I end up being a, a top recruit, uh, end up getting through the entire process, getting an offer, making it all the way to the end, um, and then slipping up on one thing and failing. So my whole life, I'm thinking, you know what, I'm just, this is, this is what I'm meant for. This is what, this is how I'm going to make a difference in this world. This is how I'm going to make a difference in my country. This is how I'm going to serve people. Um, this is what I was meant to do. I get through a whole year and a half of training, studying. I get to the very end and they tell me, uh, you failed. Um, this is uh, the end of the line and you can never apply again. So right there, it's just crushing right? This thing that I've, my whole life, I've built up to, to, to be that, um, to be what my career is, who I'm going to be as a person. And then one person just looks at me and says, it's over. You can never do this again. It was all for naught. And it was just, it was heartbreaking. He's sitting in that chair, hearing those words, um, just crushing. So discouraging. Justin, I'd love to, you know, kind of dig a little bit deeper. And so if we, maybe two things, the first one was like in that moment. So when you, when you found out that, you know, the thing that you dreamed about doing, and I feel like a lot of us can relate with that. You have this dream, you have this vision, you have something that you, you want to do. And it's like everything you poured out in your life, like you prepared your whole life for this one opportunity. And then you're there and it's like, boom, door shut. So how did one, how did that feel? Like, how did you react to it? What was the reaction in terms of the feeling and the motion? Because those are fleeting things. And those are also things that we can control. And so when you look mm -hmm. at it, how did you feel? And then two, how did you get through that in the long term? Um, I mean, in the moment, I didn't really know how to process. You know, you, you, you're building your entire life up to something and it doesn't go to plan, um, to your plan. And it's soul crushing. Um, you don't, I didn't know what to process. You know, there's so many thoughts rushing to your head. You know, what's next? Why is this happening? Uh, why did I put so much effort into something that, that just gets ripped away from me? Like, what am I going to do now? What is my life even about? You know, it's, it's all these, these thoughts just start pouring into your head. And, and it's not like over the span of a few days. Like this is all within the span of like milliseconds. Like it's just so many thoughts just running through your head. 
Yeah. Um, and so it's just trying to figure out how to process and what to process first. And so I'm just sitting there um, trying to figure out even what to say. It's like, I, I, it's like I forgot someone was even in the room with me. Um, and I just kind of sat there in silence. Uh, but what was what was funny is is like you said it was, it was a door shutting and I felt like I you know just heard God say that you know ju- Justin this isn't what I called you for uh, wow. I've shut one door and I've mo- opened many others um, and that was kind of the the changing point for me. Man, we could talk about this your story specifically the whole time and I I've heard that story before. Hearing you again just sparks so much in me. So I do want to come back to this, but maybe one more question for you, Jay, is just, you know, when you're processing this and I look at you now, clearly you bounce back, man. You bounce back well. And then I think there's something to be said about when God closes the door. And so I know we praise God for open doors, but I think a lot of times we need to praise him more so for closed doors. And so I'm looking at this now and I'm like, had you gotten that job, that opportunity, what you thought was supposed to be, you know, why you were designed and why you were created. I don't know if we would have this relationship now or we would be in this position now. And so I think there's so many different things where, um, yeah, there's disappointments and that's, and that's normal, but let's praise God for some closed doors sometimes. And then clearly you're making it and you're killing it now. And, um, and so I want to honor you and, and thank you for even sharing transparently, bro. Thank you for that. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, if, if I would have got that, who knows if I would even be here. I wouldn't even have met anybody here. I wouldn't be doing this right now. Um, they could send me to Alaska. <laughs> so the the closed doors oftentimes are more important than the open ones. So powerful, so powerful. So good. Rue, I want, Rue, I want to hear from you. Tell me, share some, share some insight and, and share some of your story a little bit. Um, well, I wanted to start off by saying, like, I think a lot of times it's hard for us to share our discouragement or... Um, what we've been disappointed with because like I know me personally I look at my life and I'm like I'm so insanely blessed that I almost feel like whatever is discouraging me I shouldn't be so focused on it because I have so much else going on in my life and I have I'm so blessed in so many other ways Um, but I've kind of shared this a little bit so I've led sisterhood now for um, three semesters and I've gotten to know so many other girls and I think they've gotten to know me well too because a huge part of it is just kind of opening up and sharing. Um, but a huge desire that I've, I've always had in my heart was to have a family of my own. And like my biggest dream is to be a mom. So I think growing up, I just set this expectation and that I was going to, you know, be married by a certain age and have kids by a certain age and just have my whole life together or together in my eyes. Um, so I think for me being, so I'm 26 now and it's totally not what I imagined. Like I never thought I'd still be like single, um, with no kids at this age. And what I've learned so much though, is just kind of what God's doing in me through the whole process. And the whole relationships series was like totally for me. So like how to wait well, how to be, how to do the single life well, um, how to date well. So I think God's still doing that and working that in me. But it, I think a lot of girls and women can relate, and I'm not saying that men uh, can't, but we do, I feel like we just have a natural 
desire, like an instinct to want a family or to be a mom and to like mother. So it's just something that it's not like I hit a moment and it was discouraging or I was disappointed. It's like an ongoing process. So I can choose to wake up and be, you know, discouraged or disappointed that I'm not dating anyone or I'm not engaged. And I can choose to see that the people around me, you know, are getting engaged and are getting married. Um, and I can choose to be stuck and be upset with that. But I think that's part of the whole process and growing through it that, you know, be happy for those around you and, and just embrace the season that you're going through and that, you know, God's timing is so perfect and it's way better than whatever timing that I had set, whatever deadline I had set for myself. So I guess it's a, it's an ongoing, you know, mindset and like, where do I put my focus on and how am I going to deal with this season? How am I going to live this season in my life and not focus that, you know, that my plans didn't turn out exactly how I had planned when I was like 18. Mm -hmm. I think what I love most about what you said, Rue, was that you kept saying, I made a choice. You said, I chose to, and it's, I chose to focus differently. And oftentimes mm -hmm. we'll, like our, our feelings follow our focus. So it's like, if I'm focusing on, just say, for example, Justin's situation, the, the moment that shifted for him, and I don't know when that moment was, but the moment was when he changed his focus because then his feelings changed. It's like the moment he shifted it, then he started to feel different. And then he's like, man, maybe I could do this. And you know what I love most about you, Rue, is that when I've seen you, I remember the first time I met you and you're a lot different, not met you, but when I first came back to New England and I saw you at church, I'm like, Rue's at church, like, what the heck? And then I'm like, Lord, have mercy on all of us. But what I've, what I've been so proud of you for is that no matter what was thrown at you, you rose up. Like you, you made a decision and that's, that's often what we, I think we confuse. It's almost like there's a decision that is to be made. And what I love most about you, Rue, is you said, yes, you said yes to the new door, the same door that Justin was talking about. You're like, I don't know why. And clearly my life isn't meeting the blueprint of what I created and what I wrote down when I was a young kid and what I believe to be true. But for you, it was like, okay, if this isn't it, I'm going to make a choice and I'm going to shift my focus. Therefore, my feelings are going to change. And now look at you. Now you're leading, now you're leading a large group of women. By the way, we didn't have that leadership before. And now there are women that are, their lives are being changed because you decided to make a decision. And so for the audience, for the audience, what do you need to choose? What is the decision that you need to make? How can you shift your focus in order to change your feeling? So then you can start to live and be the person that you were ultimately called to be. So good. Such a great handle, Mike. So you say that principle one more time. Your focus changes your feelings. How did you say it? Yeah. So if you change your focus, your feelings, your feelings, here's the deal. When you choose something, it's always a choice. You can choose to feel a certain way. To be honest with you, I have three different things that I'm choosing to feel right now. Vibrancy. That's one thing I wrote down. I consciously think about being vibrant and joyful. Another one was love. I want to love people. The Bible says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your mind, all your soul, all your strength. And we're supposed to love other people as we love ourselves. So I'm like, I need to, I need to choose to love myself more. And I forget the other one, but praise God for that. <laughs> that was brilliant though. You're dropping bombs, Mike. It's fantastic. Tell us, share us a little bit about your story, bro. Yeah. So I actually had a, um, 
I had a very, uh, I was going to share something different, but I have a specific circumstance that I want to share. So I was with a church before I came to New England. And I remember it was the greatest opportunity in my life before I, before I moved, I literally picked up, moved from Daytona to Carolina, went to church, wasn't expecting to do this. And I had felt a tug from God. And there were multiple people that randomly prayed for me. And they're like, Hey, you should do an internship here. I'm like, dude, I'm not doing, I'm here on business. Like I'm not here to do an internship. And then they're like, yeah, I, yeah, I get that. But for some reason, I just felt like, you know, you should look into the internship program. I ended up applying. I ended up getting in. I'm like, God, I just started a business. Help me. Like, I don't, I don't where are you bringing me? So then I started, I started going to church there. And I remember for the first six months, the hardest six months of my life in terms of growth, like expectations placed upon me, actually being a leader, actually leading leaders. I'm like, dude, I'm not, I didn't even grow up in church. And you're asking me to lead, you're asking me to lead people at campuses that are 20 to 30 years older than me. And I like, at that time, I'm like, dude, I don't know the Bible that well, but you know what that did? It placed a fire in me. And I'm like, okay, now there's a fire inside of me and I need to, I had like a, something behind me that was pushing me. So then fast forward, they offered me the next step. They chose three people from that internship to go on to the second internship and lead it. I'm like, God, how, why, why am I the one? Like I couldn't, I couldn't put my mind around it. Why was I the person that he was choosing? And it goes back to Rue's question. I always had a yes in my spirit. I always had a yes. No matter if I felt comfortable, if I wanted to do it or not, I, I said yes. So I said yes, poured my heart out, led people. There was one of the people that led with us there was an accident where he got in an accident with a motorcycle and killed the guy in the middle of the internship. And we had to lead through that. So talk about discouragement, talk about the pain of, of discouraging or disappointment or like, how the heck am I going to get through this? So leading through that. But I remember at the end of that internship, I remember I poured out everything that I could possibly pour out. I had this vision and dream. I was like, okay, God, I know God wants me to do something here. I'm going to be a leader. Maybe I can be a campus pastor someday. Maybe I can, be the person I want to become. I had this blueprint, same thing that Rue had. I had this vision for what I wanted to do. And then I remember I was praying and for like five days straight, I remember hearing a still small voice. I want you to go home. I'm like, mm. I'm like, there is no way I'm going home. <laughs> I'm like, one, I don't want to go home Two, I definitely ain't going home, but I, I still had to keep, I still had to keep that yes in my spirit. But I remember the discouragement I felt. I'm like, I just poured for nine months, nine months. I just went, I did everything in my being to be the best person that I could possibly be, to pour my heart out. And then I went home. But what I've realized, Dev, and, and I'd love for you to share your story. What I realized was it was bigger than my plan. My plan was very small compared to what he had actually in store for me. And so what he showed me was that I'm actually calling you home to lead your family. And now two and a half years later, everybody in my house is saved. So it's like, it, there wasn't that before. They needed leadership. They needed a man of God to stand in the midst of uh, a place of discouragement. And I won't tell the story of my family, but we were discouraged. We were hurt. We were in pain. And they needed leadership through that. And so there was, there was a greater purpose to my discouragement in the season before. And he opened up a door that I didn't want. And now I'm living the life of my dreams because of that. So, Come on, man. I remember those phone calls, by the way, of like, you know, I feel like God's calling me to Boston. And I'm thinking to myself, there's no freaking way to <laughs> Boston based on his personality. I know what he wants. And this yeah. is going to be a difficult thing. But you ended up coming. 
And it was definitely a wrestling match for some time uh, for a bit. But I think when you got, you know, we always use the term planted and rooted. And you hated that word whenever I said it. It was so funny. But, man, I see you flourishing. I see you fulfilled. And I can't imagine doing ministry, life, um, friendship without you at this point now, bro. And uh, I think you've been an amazing addition to our team, to my life. And, um, and I honor you for it. I honor all you guys for it. Uh, these three, I don't, I don't know if you guys realize this, but I, we wouldn't ask anybody on the podcast that doesn't carry significant weight and have significant influence. And all three of these people carry tremendous weight. They have leaders within leaders with underneath other leaders. And so um, I want to honor you guys and tell you thank you so much. The reason we have what we have is because of, not because of, a, <laughs> I think a lot of times it's in spite of me, um, but it's really because of, you know, we have an incredible team in the grace of God. So um I'll just, I'll share a little bit of, uh, of my story. I think some of you guys may know some of it, but kind of as I was thinking, I was listening to you guys, I'm thinking of kind of the, the, the quintessential picture and symbol of what Devin's life was for a long time. And I can't tell you how many times I was always introduced as Derek's son and it was never Devin. And so for me, that really, it hurt for a long time. So it was always living under my dad's shadow. Everybody looks up to my dad. Most people call him their pastor. Um, we had a growing church. You know, statistics say you have uh, about a third of your congregation at church on a Sunday. And so that would mean thousands of people would call Connect Church home and thousands of people would call Pastor Derek Fry their pastor. And so I felt like I lived under his shadow for my whole life. And I'm not even kidding. This is, this is no exaggeration. People that did not even know my family, did not even know my dad, they would come and they would be like, are you Derek? And I'm like, how do you, what? That doesn't even make sense. That's not even humanly possible. You don't know my family. You don't know my dad and you still call me Derek. So it was like this haunting shadow um, my whole life. And so I was under... Derek Shadow. He's a great leader, knows scripture so well, super wise, great counselor. Meanwhile, he's got this misfit son that can barely graduate um, high school, didn't know where he was going to go in college, always struggled relationally, super angry kid. And the only thing I had that ripped away from me, which was basketball my whole life, didn't have any offers, uh, struggled my senior season. And so I came to this place where I was just like, I don't know who I am. I don't know what I am. All I know, my identity is Derek's son. And so living under that shadow for a long time of this fantastic leader. Meanwhile, I just feel like the smallest of the small person. Um, and that's where I was at my whole, my, really my whole life until I got shipped off to a college down in uh, Florida. And my best, my, my only option was my best option. And I learned um, who I was. I surrendered. I didn't just get saved. I, I would assume I got saved. I, mean, I got saved like 400 times. I think maybe some of you guys did too. But I got saved. I have no idea when. I surrendered my life to Christ when I was in Florida. And when I surrendered, everything everything changed for me. But I had disappointment after disappointment after disappointment, not knowing where I was going to go to school, not knowing who I was, not having any gifts or talents that I knew about. And so, of course, there was just this constant bombardment of who am I? What am I going to do? What is my life going to amount to? And so I don't know if, if anybody's related to this, but I know just here and there, these, threes, uh, these three people's stories right now, I'm like, I feel their pain. And so here's, here's a big thought that I want to I wanna give you guys for our listeners. Um, and first of all, thank you guys for listening. But one of the things I just thought of is, listen, nobody is immune to disappointment. Nobody. Nobody is immune to disappointment and nobody is immune to discouragement. Um, just listening to their stories, I'm thinking like, regardless of your personality, I, I wrote three Ps down. You guys know how I work. 
regardless of your personality, your potential, or your position, nobody is immune to discouragement. So here's what we want to do. We want to give you three things, three handles and three solutions. Hopefully we kind of made you thirsty for a solution on how to beat discouragement and disappointment. But here's what I wrote down. Number one is this. You got to be around the right people. Man, when you're going through what you're going through and when you're going through disappointment of a loss of a job, uh, not having something or having something and then having it stripped away, uh, career problems, you got to be around and you have to be intentional about surrounding yourself around the right people. Because here's what I think happens a lot of times, and I'm going to pass it off to one of you guys. Um, here's what I think happens a lot of times. We are horrible at processing through stuff by ourselves. We should not do that because it can get really toxic up in here. You know, this is why I think a lot of times I've taught, um, you know, you have to preach to yourself, but stop listening to yourself. You know, your words, this is how you fight your mind. You fight your mind with your mouth. And so when you say stuff out loud, how many times have you guys said this before? I actually think some of you guys said it recently to me, but you're like, and when I'm saying it out loud, I just, it just sounds dumb. How many times have you guys said that, right? When I'm saying this out loud, it just sounds dumb. It's because when we just think by ourselves and we process by ourselves and we're not around the right people, my man, it could just be so toxic up there. What do you guys, what do you guys have to say about that? Being around the right people. I was going to say, um, I think that just goes back to having great mentors in your life that you can kind of just share. And even if it's just venting, kind of like dumping these things on and but processing it out loud, like you said, Dev, like they can help you walk through certain things or even if you're just listening to it, like you say it, um, it kind of makes you reflect so and it brings you back a little bit. But, you know, having good mentors, having good friends, like people that are going to remind you of your identity when you're going through these things, like you're not your discouragement, you are not that job, you know, you are not a single person, but so people good. that are just going to remind you um, of who you really are in Christ and, you know, just kind of bring you back. Jay, I want to pass it off to you, but I want to plug something she just said. Make sure you guys go back on the previous episode and go watch the mentorship thing. I know it's not a sexy subject, but it is, it, it will be the thing that makes you go further faster. You have to go back and watch that episode. And hopefully they'll link it right around here or they'll link it at the end of this episode. But go ahead, Jay. Yeah, so the, the people thing is, is so key. Um, and I'll use my example from previous. Um, the first thing I did when I walked out of that building was I called, um, and you know him, uh, my best friend, Alex Hart. Um, and Alex is such an encouraging person. Um, and I remember what he had said to me that really shifted my perspective here was, okay, well, what are we going to do next? And he said, what are we going to do next? Not what are you going to do next? It, you got to find people to oh, get in the trenches with you. So good. He was, he was counting himself like this is, this is you and me are, are one. What happens to you is happening to me. And so what are we going to do um, to make this better? So powerful. So it's I love finding that. those people in your life that, that, that get in and dig in with you and fight those battles alongside you. And if you don't have people like that, you got to get in community. You got to find a mentor. You got to find pastoral help and counsel. Let's go on to number two. So you got right people. How do you be discouragement? Number one, right people. Number two, right attitude. You got to have the right attitude. You know, a couple of things I wrote down here is you need to know the difference between sulking and grieving. Okay, so sulking is saying this is a problem and it's going to continue to be. Grieving is this is a problem. I have to process through it, but I'm going to get over this hump. And so John Maxwell has this famous line 
on are you a splatter or are you a bouncer? Basically, when you get thrown and you get hit and, you know, you hit the curb, what do you do? You splat and you stay there or are you going to bounce back? You know, so I'm thinking for us, like, I just preached this message recently um, and it was all about the four lepers. And my big idea in the whole thing was just when you stop sulking, God stops working. Now, there's a difference between grieving and sulking. But nobody ever wins when they continue with the victim mentality. I know you've hit some discouragement. I know you've hit some disappointment. But friend, sometimes closed doors are the best thing, even though it's a painful thing. If you use Justin's story, if you use Ruth's story or Mike's story, you realize closed doors and you realize sometimes disappointments are actually God redirecting your path. And it is what God does best. He knows what he's doing with you. You know, what, what's that scripture in Proverbs 3? It's trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. I know we have a plan. And then we have our own understanding and we want to go a certain route. But what's that famous line? It's like, if you want to make God laugh, tell him your plans. I think, you know, I think our plans should, we should plan to pivot. I think that's a powerful principle. You got to plan to pivot. This is where I think I'm going. But if you have um, that expectation of this is exactly how it's going to work, I promise you, you will be so discouraged in your life. Rue, what, what do you have to say to that? So I actually read this amazing book called It's Not Supposed to Be This Way. Um, and I wrote this down because I thought it was so great. So, well, these are my own words, but we get disappointed because we had expectations that aren't met. So I think that's a huge part of it. But the way um, the author said it, Lisa, she said, sometimes to get your life back, you have to face the death of what you thought your life would look like. And I thought that was just so good. Like, you have to accept that it's not going to look the way you wanted it to look. And that's because we can't control those things. And certain things, like God just has a different plan. Like you said, he's redirecting you. So just accept that your expectation wasn't met, but that God has something so much better. Say that last line one more time, Rue. It's um, the death of, what was yeah, it? Yes, so sometimes to get your life back, you have to face the death of what you thought your life would look like. So powerful. When I read that, I was like, oh, that's it. I, I can end the book here. <laughs> That's why it's so important to read good books. There's a key on a page you probably never turned yet. So I think it's so important to do so. All right. So number one, right people. Number two, right attitude. Number three, the right words. You got to speak life into your situation. There's power of life and death in the tongue. And I think both the cause and the cure to disappointment and discouragement is your words. And so what are you using your words to do? Are you using it to build yourself up? And so this is something I learned from Mike a lot. Mike loves his confessions and you love to write down affirmations and speak it out loud. I think there is so much power to that, man. And so, you know, that's, that's not a jab. It's genuinely honor. But uh, I, I, look at, I look at these affirmations and I'm just like, I, I have it on my um, mirror right here. I have four affirmations that say I'm, a, I'm healthy. I'm a man of God. I'm a student. And what was my fourth one I have? I'll, uh, I'll remember it in a minute. But um, I, I speak these four affirmations very regularly over my life. And I think the right words can get you out of the hole and the right words can put you in it. Or the wrong words can put you in it, depending on what you say, what you use. That's good. Yeah. I wanted, I wanted to kind of end with a very, very practical. And so this kind of goes back to step number two, which is attitude, or in another word, you could say feelings. In another word, you could say emotions. Right. And so this is really what we're talking about right now. Disappointment, discouragement. These are emotional states that we get in. Right. And so here's what I would say. And I want you to write this down. I want you to keep this just like Dev says, put this joker on something, put it on your wall, put it on your mirror. I don't know what you got to do. Put that joker somewhere, change the meaning. And I love how we were talking about feelings before. If you change the meaning, 
you will change the feeling. Change the meaning behind something, right? And, and so we were talking about focus, focus, meaning. Focus and meaning are synonymous. If you change the meaning of something, what you're focusing on in something, the feeling will change. And so I'm gonna give you one example of this. Say for example, you know, you're presenting at work and like you have this big presentation or even at school, like you have this big presentation, you're, you're like, oh, I really gotta do good on this thing. Like I'm so excited and I've been working on this thing all week and, and then you get up there and you completely bone it. <laughs> like you get up there and you, you were so excited and then it's like, it's, it's just destroyed. And everyone's just like, oh no, like this guy, this guy really screwed this one up. And so here's the meaning that you can ascribe to this. This is important for you to understand. The meaning could be, if it's negative, I am a screw up. So it almost goes to like your identity. It's like, oh, I'm not even a good person. Like I, I, I suck, I, I'm terrible. Like nobody, nobody likes me. You know, I, I, I'll never be successful. Praise God for the alarm. And that, <laughs> praise God, that means we're over time, hallelujah. So the second one, the second one, if you wanted to change the meaning, it would be, what if you said this was a great learning opportunity? What if you changed it? What if you flipped the focus? What if the meaning changed and then you started to feel something different after you decided, like Rue said, make a choice to start feeling something different? Excellent, bro. And uh, thank you for that alarm in the middle of it. That was the biggest takeaway from that. Change the meaning, you change the feeling. I think that's so powerful. And your focus, change your, what was the first one, the focus and feeling one? Yeah, change the focus. Focus and meaning are the same. So whatever you're focusing on, you're going to feel. So if you need to change the meaning to something, your focus will change. Then your feelings will be like, yay. <laughs> I love I love just reviewing things, by the way, so that it can just sink down and get into your spirit. So that's why I think it's really important. What you repeat, you remember. So let me go through the list real quick one more time. No one is immune to discouragement and no one is immune to disappointment. It's going to happen in your life. And a lot of times it's a result of the unmet expectations in your life. Now, here's what you need to do. You need, you need a plan to pivot. You can have your plans, but you have to submit them to God. And then how you beat discouragement, you got to be around the right people. You got to have the right attitude, especially towards your discouragement. And you got to use the right words. When you use those three things, I'm telling you, it is what they are weapons to fight and combat against discouragement. Now, here's the last thing, and I'll close, and I'm going to pass it off to Mike to close this out. I wrote down just, here's how to heal. Here's how you heal from disappointment. Because I know we shared our stories, and some of them were relational, and some of them were career-oriented and financial. And um, Here's how you really heal from it. So I have a little acronym on HEAL. First of all, you have to admit the hurt. You have to admit that you're hurt. If you can't name it, you can't beat it. You have to admit, I'm discouraged. And I can't, I can't believe it. I think this is more of a male thing. I think men, a lot of times, we just don't want to admit it because we want to seem macho or real. You know, a real man can admit when he is hurt. And so you have to admit the hurt. Number two, you have to process the emotion. Emotion is the E. Hurt, heal. Um, hurt is the H, process the emotion, E. You have to learn how to process through that emotion. And then here's how you do so. Three, you have to trust an advisor. Trust somebody that you believe has wise counsel, has biblical counsel. And then lastly, this is how you do it. You give it to the Lord. So you admit the hurt, you process the emotion, emotion you trust an advisor. And the last thing, you give it to the Lord. And you say, God, this is what I thought I was supposed to do. I thought I was supposed to be in the FBI but the door shut and the door closed. Now I'm processing through it. I'm hurt. I'm sad. I'm disappointed. I'm giving it to somebody, but now I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to give it to you. And ultimately I'm going to say, I'm going to trust your plan and not my plan. Admit the hurt, process the emotion, 
trust the advisor, and then you give it to God. And you, I'm telling you, you will heal. And not only heal, you'll be better for it because you learned how to overcome disappointment. Amen. All right. Hey, this, this, was, this was a great podcast. I hope that you guys really enjoyed it. Um, I know that I did. And what I would say practically is like, if you're, if you're running away from something or maybe you feel discouraged right now, or maybe you feel hurt or maybe you need healing, don't run from it. Don't run. I know that for us, we had to, we had to sit in it and we had to look at something that discourages us. We need to say, how can I get through this? How can I change my feeling? How can I change my focus? So we love you guys so much. Do us a favor though. Let's get a like, a Come subscription. On. Like, I don't think we're asking too much. A subscription wouldn't be bad. There's a little red joker down there. You just click the thing. And what else, what else, you know what I'd like to, if you threw a comment, dude, oh, I'd be fired up. I would be, <laughs> dude, I would flip. I'm on a table right now. I'd flip the table. If you left us a comment, it'd be so great. So we love you guys so much. Thank you for tuning in to this week's podcast. We'll see you next time. Thank you for tuning in for today's episode from the 508 Podcast. If this episode helped or impacted you in any way, we would love for you to subscribe, leave us a like, rating, or review. Be sure to visit our website, the 508 Podcast, where you can subscribe and never miss a show. If you have something you would like for us to talk about, we'd love for you to send it in through by leaving a comment on our YouTube channel or messaging us on Facebook or Instagram. And until the next time, remember, we don't fear the future, we pioneer it.